This episode contains spoilers, ethical atrocities, and other forms of abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Monsters of the Midwest. fucking boy we're talking about a crazy ass documentary slash uh ruining of people's lives um ethical conundrums of sorts i mean you name it we're gonna dive deep into this documentary that amanda had told me about and i put it on the back burner and i decided you know what it's time to watch this fucking thing because I need to know. Well, welcome to uh, the mental fuck up forever of <laughs> your life. Cause oh fuck. my god! So, like I mentioned in the beginning, there are going to be spoilers for the documentary on Netflix called "Our Father," and. This documentary, if you want to watch it and then come and listen to this and hear what we have to say, by all means, I encourage that because you have to watch it. You literally have to watch it for yourself. It is mind-boggling. It is so insane how this man got away with what he did to these women, these families, for as long as he did. And I am thankful that this documentary came to light because it's just so it's so fucked up right just it's super it's hard to put into words like uh, yeah. the the fathomable aspect of it um so why don't you throw down like a quick cliff note version of for those who are here that have not watched it but are still staying tuned like why don't you cliff note what it's about Okay, so this man by the name of Dr. Donald Klein was a um, a very well-renowned fertility doctor. So he specialized in infertility with, um, you know, women who are, they want another child or they're having trouble conceiving, whatever. He was the man to go to. He was the one that was you know, I'm going to refer you to the top fertility specialist in the area. And this was Dr. Donald Klein. So out of Indianapolis, right? Was his practice he's, was out, he's out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're going to talk about what got him in so much fucking trouble. Because he is up shit creek with zero fucking paddles at this point. And basically, um, good. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, good on you, bro. Good on you. I'm ya. glad. <laughs> because the, the, the acts that he does, is it's just atrocious. It's atrocious to me. So I'm trying to think, like, how do we want to do this recap? Like, do you want to... Uh, maybe throw out you throw out something I throw out something and go back and forth or how how do we want to give it to him because I'm just sitting over here a little bit silent because I'm like I don't know when to come in I don't know what she wants me to say because I got a lot to say <laughs> uh, yeah so we were and I know you do too 
Yes, we were in between recordings and we started talking about this documentary, Our Father. And I I thought to myself, oh God, here we go. Another, you know, religious case or whatever. And it's just, it, that's really all the Midwest is, to be honest with you. I, I hate to admit it, but there's the Bible Belt down south and in the Midwest, it's like real conservative type. It's strange. It's a strange area, really. <laughs> But All we got around these parts are corns and Jesus. That's it. That's corn, it. Cornfields and Jesus. That's it. And, <laughs> and hate for everybody fucking everywhere. Mm. So I I wanted to throw out the disclaimer because there's going to be spoilers. We're, ref- we're going to reference the documentary along with other things that we found on the interwebs. But it it, it may offend some people. And you know what? If it offends you, if it uh, anything that we say doesn't really sound very appealing to you, that's that's perfectly fine. We're not going to keep you here. You're obviously here of your own free will to listen to us. But I wanted to deep dive into this because it is so mind boggling to me that someone would get away with this and not, especially in the medical field, and not realize that medical advances are coming more and more frequently and shit eventually is going to catch up with you. Like it's so, it's so intense. So, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you go. You go first. I was, I was gonna, (laughs) I was just gonna like segue into um, the bit that you told me that you did some other like, you know, rabbit holing with this case when you were like, I didn't realize this shit was going on like a lot more than just him. You know, you yes. maybe maybe you should bring that up. Like, yeah. So, like I said in the beginning, this is a fertility doctor. So you're thinking, okay, something happened with fertility. You know that that obviously makes sense. Who knows? It could have been. It could have practice. I can't remember yes. offhand. Yep. So when he was practicing, he was practicing in the Indianapolis, Indiana area between the years of 1974 and 1987. That is 13 years, you know. So... I don't know if you were going to bring this up, and I apologize if you were. Um, something about that era of infertility, like, or fertility specialist. Um, I'm just going to re- This was also talked about in the documentary. So it was, these practices were very usually close-knit with the hospital. So hospital staff, usually they kind of threw, like, the volunteers over here to, like, work you know, I mean, candy stripers were a thing, but that's not who they sent here. They kind of sent like the interns of all the me- like usually if it's a medical hospital, you know, that where they have medical students come in and, and learn as they, you know. Yes. For whatever. So this was one of those situations where his staff like he had a solid secretary, but the rest of his staff was whoever was at school that day. And being yeah. an, an educator myself, I know that. Uh, not everybody comes to school every day. So the consistency level there is not premium. Um, also during this time, uh, well, it should be said that his location was disconnected from the actual hospital. Um, but it was the, across the street. 
But in the in the um, which which isn't unheard of with like a medical no. college or medical buildings, but um, he likes to throw a lot of clout on that on the fact that like you know, well, we were disconnected. That's why there wasn't traffic here. He used to, he uses that as an excuse, but it's kind of like, uh, maybe that's a blanket type thing. Um, but also in this time frame, um, where we were at with like scientifically with DNA, um, yes, there was artificial insemination, things like that, but you had to have a live specimen, meaning yes. that's why your spouse or your donor or whomever was going needs to be to your be close. specimen to, needs to be close because they need to submit a sample almost immediately for, um, you know, in, insemination. For the best um, chance, for the best for odds. The, for the best odds, yes. And that, uh, right, because, I mean, there's lots of things, like, uh, we know now, like, in, you know, 20... 20 plus that <laughs> you know we we fucking know it's got to be a certain temperature we know the science backing of it but this was still in a time when they were trying to figure that out you know yeah. they didn't have all that so they were like okay well this is just the best best case option you know we can't we can't transport it we can't do that so it has to be an in-house thing so a lot of times um he likes to fall back on the fact that like Oh, well, my med students, whoever was here that day, would they'd have to sign a waiver and then they'd, you know, donate samples to help these women out. And but I'd never let them donate more than three, this and that. Like that was his big fucking to do through his whole practice. And people just kind of didn't know. I mean, being uneducated about they're like, okay, sure, we trust you. We have faith in you, you know, especially like his patients or. I mean, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but that, I mean, that was a pretty big basis of his whole fucking practice was that, and was, that was his. A lot of people's around that time. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a notebook and basically these are the criteria and these are the people that meet this criteria. Everything was anonymous unless you were using your husband's or your, you know, significant other's sperm. And basically, what this man would do is instead of using the donor or instead of using the woman's husband or significant other, he would throw the sample away and use his own. And like Amanda said, it has to be fresh. So he was doing this as the ladies were undressing and getting or, ready for being examined. Undressed in a side room and like multiple ladies on the documentary would talk about, well, there was no staff in the place. And then like, you'd have the, the secretary or nurse's aide, whatever she is. Um, I don't want to like discredit her. She, her she title. Was a nurse, she was a nurse's aide. Yeah. Okay. So the nurse's aide, she, you know, and she worked for him for many years, which in that time frame, like seventies, eighties, like that was a thing. You had one lady, she would help you out, you know, and everybody else was kind of like free flowing. Yeah. It's a family practice, right? Right. And um, so she would say, well, you know, it's not unlike there not to be a lot of people here because either, you know, students fluctuate or like business hours, this and that. It's usually just me and him, you know, and like some of the, the I'm going to call them victims. Some of the victims would talk about how it was very empty in there all the time and they never, you know, saw anybody and they were like. They'd be it's sitting very in the, quiet and they'd be in the exam room, like literally 
ungowned, fully naked from waist down, and it's awkward, and they're sitting there waiting, and, you know, I mean, ugh. Like, and you're going through something that's very intimate and you're you're hoping for a child out of this and the you're vulnerability under the in, of it. Yeah. You're under the impression that this man is going to do right by you because you have a moral code and a code of ethics as a physician to carry out these tasks and for this man to not only do this to multiple women without their knowledge of this yeah people people have argued and i've seen on uh, websites and reddits and all this other shit well it was an anonymous donor but even still him with his autoimmune diseases and everything that he he has rheumatoid arthritis by his own standards he would have been ruled out as a donor because of his medical conditions so like right the reason behind this is not oh i didn't have a donor that day you know like what he was saying it was you are doing this knowing full well that you would not be suitable as a donor because you have medical issues so the 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 mental gymnastics that he had to go through very minimal because he knew what the fuck he was doing he knew that it was wrong and he still continued to do it not once not twice but upwards of 94 times and that's just the semen that produced a child these women used to go in multiple times to get inseminated because you never know if it's going to take or not I I just really want to open up and fucking rant about something that really pissed me off in this documentary mm-hmm. about this man, not about the documentary. And I was kind of waiting yeah. for you to say that. So 94 times. Let's talk about the Midwest. It's not fucking big here. OK, your practice is a, a family practice in a, a general area. Do you really think and in, in the 70s, 80s, like even now in the Midwest, me running a like a hair business myself word of mouth is a lot so you're yeah. getting positive results and word of mouth is basically your your best you know carrier right now of your business so word of mouth goes to the people you know so right. if sally this worked for sally <sighs> sally's going to tell tens exactly. 20s of sally's friends she's not gonna there was no fucking like facebook or like oh my god marketplace let me do this or craigslist or anything like it's like i'm at this book club with jennifer and erica and they're having the same issue and sally did great and this was awesome here let me refer you to somebody that did awesome for me yeah okay exactly cool. And now we're all besties and having kids at the same time and we're going to put our kids through school and they're going to be best friends and oh my God, and now they're going to date and get married. And that happened also. Yes. Multiple times. It's To me, that is a crime in itself because you are now the... I'm, I'm not a doctor, uh, obviously. I'm not a medical professional in any fucking scope. But to have an incestuous relationship carries its own set of risks that everyone knows about. And, And then to have children that go to school together and live by each other and spend a lot of time with each other and 
teenage hormones. And you have no idea how nerve wracking that is to go out in public and say, like, the woman that is portrayed in the, or she's not portrayed, she is in the documentary. Her name is Jacoba. And she is basically the leader of what is now the 94 children because she did the 23andMe test, you know, not Spawn. Um, So she did that because her parents isn't, they're not going to hide it from her. Yeah. You know, you were conceived through insemination through a fertility specialist and we're just going to tell you, well, she's like, Oh, I wonder if I have a couple siblings since, you know, the donor was supposed to not be used more than three times and whatever. So she's trying to find at least siblings and she comes across this absolute nightmare, which starts off as seven siblings and then ends up being 17. And then it grows from there. And it's like, when is it going to end? And as she goes through that, like they have him literally on tape saying, well, I didn't do it more than three times. Well, maybe I guess 10. Like, you know what I mean? Like, coming back on no everything. No more than 15. And then they're like, oh, bo- boom, boom, boom. Okay, more than 94. How about that? You know what I mean? Like, ugh. Word travels fast now, too. So, like, oh, oh, well, I, I was always wondering, or the people who were treated by him are going to tell their, their children, hey, you know what? I think you should take this test, you know, just to, just to make sure, because I want to be sure. And to feel that in your gut and know, oh, my God, I I can't believe that this happened to me. What about the uh, the I thought you were going to say this, this is the only reason I'm interrupting here. But no. what about the mom that had results and sent her daughter to him as a yeah. referral? Yes. That yeah. also. I have that, too. She she was also one of Klein's patients and she said she she did not find this out until she was 47 years old could you imagine just feeling so violated and so he knew he knew that that was his offspring and he still chose to be her physician because he's under the impression that nobody knows about this and that it's gonna be like that forever I bet when he just first started seeing like Ancestry.com and 23andMe, he was probably shit in his pants. Mm, could, well, could you imagine? Well, seeing, I'm not going to get a it. commercial on TV I'm not, and going, oh, fuck. I'm not going to get into it yet, but I have his birth chart and I don't think he was. So, no. However, you use the word um, violated. And yes. I, I want to stem off that and talk about the most monumental like scene for me in the whole documentary, I guess Mm -hmm. was the testimony by a woman who said that this, this, I don't, I hope I get it right. I hope that it's been a, it's been a couple months since I've watched this. So I really hope I don't fuck up her testimony because that would be tragic for me. Um, but she said that she was one of them that it didn't work the first time. And so she, had to do multiple things and she had her son on there giving testimony and she talks about how the fact that she was raped multiple times by this man 
um, how she she talked in depth about how she laid there and she was vulnerable and unclothed. And that in the most vulnerable mental state of her life, like, oh, my God, I can't give, you know, my husband children. And this is awful. And they've deemed this my fault. And this is the only thing I want. And like how phenomenal like their relationship is and I just want to give him a child and that she's laying there and he keeps telling her it's going to be fine and they've tried it multiple times and it hasn't been fine so she's trying to accept the fact that maybe this is you know my outcome I'm not going to be able to have kids you know um Mm -hmm. but she still keeps going back and he still keeps doing this to her without her consent and that he's you know I believe this is the same victim that also tried a couple of times with her spouse's sample that was being thrown in the trash. You know, it, I yes. mean, obviously he, he pretty much did that to everybody. There was, there's two cases that really just, I, I hope I don't intertwine them, but I'm pretty sure that the, they're pretty similar. Um, but her, how she talked about that she was literally raped multiple times in front of her spouse and not in front of her spouse. And she couldn't do a thing about it because Indiana laws didn't see it as intrusion. Yeah. It wasn't a crime because you went to this, you went to this fertility doctor for help because you were infertile and he was doing his job. And then the fact that like you talked about, I'm I'm sorry, what's the main girl's name? I can't remember her name. Jacoba. Jacoba talked to that prosecuting attorney and said, so if I spit in your face, you can get me for assault. But this is happening to these women. She's like to my mother, to everybody. And this is not considered assault by law in the state of Indiana. And he said, no, it's not. And he explains it. And it's it's fucking sickening. It's fucking sickening. Because just because you, oh, just the vulnerability of you thinking that you're inadequate as a woman like this, you're, and especially in the Midwest, you are taught that childbearing and bringing up kids and like this is, you know, you, I mean, in, in some religions and backgrounds, you are taught that's your fucking purpose of life is to be here to do that. And, you know, you're, there's some religions where it's like your spouse is okay to go and fuck around and do whatever they want because if you aren't bringing, if you aren't bringing an heir into that, then you're an inadequate piece of shit. You know what I mean? Uh, so right. I can't imagine what she was going through. Like, feeling that she had to do multiple, you know, sessions with him and even like multiple sessions with her husband and it didn't work. And then, I mean, she did over 10 sessions with him and then like with her, with his quote unquote donors, which we find out obviously is all his shit. Right. Uh, And she said that, and, and she said that she remembered, she recapped the the first time she went there without her husband being there and she said to lay there and be nervous and scared and naked and he was in the other room jacking off like right let's not full arousal full arousal ready to just violate her and that sickens me to no end like i just i I, Yes, and the crazier part is, and I didn't even think of this, which, duh, it makes perfect sense, but after, you know, ejaculation, it is 
there is a there is a state of euphoria that your body oh, yeah. stays in for a period of time and he's literally getting his sample ready as he's still like in the throes of arousal and euphoria and all, his serotonin levels and everything all-time high and he's smiling and telling them oh it's gonna be just fine and it's gonna be okay and these people are putting their trust in this man that literally just impregnated him them with his own seed just for the benefit of him doing it i i literally cannot grasp like in my head i and i've tried like multiple at least a hundred times trying to empathize with these women in the way that they like deserve to be empathized with like fucking nuts i can't imagine that i can't imagine not just them but the entire family your husband thinks that this is his child because that's what some of these women came to hit dr klein for which let's um let's just set the record straight right now this fucking guy got his license taken away permanently he was already retired for 10 years once this came out so he was already sitting very pretty and not worrying about anything until shit started to really really hit the fan but it was i mean it it doesn't do anybody justice for him to just get his license taken away because obviously he's not practicing anymore, but he he cannot anymore now. So he's just Mr. Klein. The, um, the, uh, I thought you were going to go into it. That's why I stayed quiet. The other most heartbreaking moment of the whole thing is the, the testimony of the father that came in there and oh. wanted to talk to him and said, you took everything of my livelihood away from me. You took my child and my wife. You know, you violated my wife. You you took my kid, my everything. Like, I'm getting goosebumps even, like, saying it, like, repeating it. Oh, you, right. you literally took everything I'm on this earth for. You took that away from me. And that asshat sat there in court and didn't give a fuck. Yep. He did. He and just. He's very unemotional. He is. And a lot, like, his his face and the way that he just in even in his pictures he's very like stern like stone-faced and with the part in the documentary where um the the siblings that they knew at the time i think this was what 2016 if i'm not mistaken either 2014 or 2016 is when this first started happening I don't remember, honestly. It's been a little while since I watched it. Yeah, so they all wanted, all the siblings wanted to meet with this man. Like, hey, you know, we need to know family history, honestly, because I I would like to know, is there a family history of any sort of autoimmune diseases, which we find out, yes, there is. Yeah, because multiple of the kids had that issue. And other things, yes, absolutely. And... And not only that, but they were just sitting there at a mutual location and he was basically like sizing them up is what Jacoba was saying. Like seeing who the front runner was, which is like sickening. Like who, what horse is going to come in first? Which one of my offspring is going to do the most? Which is going to bring us into the Quiverful well, then- movement. 
Well, then he he also said other things like, oh, he just was in full admiration by, like, the fact that they were all blonde. He mentioned that. Like, yeah, I don't know is... if you caught that part, but it was that whole situation with the round table situation was fucking sick. Yeah. And it, it the whole, um like, blonde hair, blue eyes, Aryan race type thing was just, it's, ugh. And I I didn't, I was like, man, you know, I really just... I wanted to dive deeper into his religion and what it meant because when they brought up the Quiverful movement, I was like, at first, I thought it was like an error. I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't, I don't know what that means. And then I started googling it, and I was like, oh my god, okay, I get, I, I now I understand because he's got so many children, but. I'm confused. Uh, okay, yeah. just interrupt you. So, okay, just your first instinct. What do you mean you you were you thought it was an error? Like I like I didn't hear it correctly. I'm like the what movement? Like I had to rewind it and listen to it again because it kind of just like went in, went in one ear and out the other. Like the 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 name of it or the fact that you didn't think he could be involved in something like that. Like the fact that it went deeper than what you thought. Like, I thought the documentary itself was going to go deeper into it. They kind of just, like, mentioned it, and then that was it. Okay, okay. And then they moved on. So at first I was like, I don't know what that is, and I didn't hear it correctly. It was like Quiverfill or something, and I was like, what is that? And I tried to look it up. I'm like, "Mm, that's not it. So then I finally heard Quiverfull, and I was like, okay, what the fuck is that? Obviously, you know, we talked about religion here in the past. We're not bashing anyone for their religion, but this is kind of, I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is kind of culty. Okay, that's that's why I was asking so many questions, because I was like, wait, did you really think that maybe this wasn't a cult thing? <laughs> that's why I was, I was like going for it. I was like, oh, you really thought this wasn't? Because my first, first, when I heard that... When I heard that, I was like, son of a bitch, I knew it. (laughs) That was my reaction to it. And when I watched the first half, I didn't think that. I thought this man is a sick individual who just gets his jollies off on doing this to people. And he doesn't care how many victims he has. And I never really thought of it in a religious way because I don't automatically go there. But in your defense, like, none of your cases really go that way either. Like, that's no. kind of not your thing that you go for. So maybe it's that's really why not. it was different for me because I was like, son of a bitch, I knew it. I, I, oh I, knew, it. I knew it. You know? And, like, yeah, I'm always like, there's deeper meaning to this. There's always religious ties. There's always these things, these, you know, conspiracy mm-hmm. theories, if you will. Especially in the, in the Midwest. Midwest. Fucking yeah. A. So, so you don't let's have talk to about dig, this one. Yeah, you don't have to dig very fucking deep in the internet to find it. It's right there, front and center. <laughs> right. It's like you're already wading in the water, you just don't even realize it. Right. So here comes a jellyfish. Right. <laughs> fuck your so, day up. I have a little bit of like cliff notey stuff that I found like when we were talking earlier. Um, so this quiverful movement is what they call it. Um mm-hmm. so they base their entire like, I don't know, business plan, I guess you could say. Their whole, like, I don't know, uh, what do you call it? Mission statement of Psalm 127, which, uh, for those who don't know, is like arrows and hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. 
And that's like Old Testament fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> so right. in today's terminology, they don't like birth control. They feel like kids are a gift and God chooses how many kids you are supposed to have. And if God thinks that you don't need any more kids or that that kid was one to throw away, that's when you have miscarriages. That's when you have, you know, complications, quote unquote. Um, or that's when your body is deemed to not bear children anymore. But other than that, you are to have as many children as God deems possible. Yeah, um, no matter what time of the month it is. Right. And um, it was said on one of the websites I saw that, like, children are arrows in a full quiver. So a quiver is, um, did you look up what a quiver is? Because I just honestly got sickened and I was like, ugh. <laughs> That's yes, gross. I know what a quiver is. So uh, I'm sure most of you guys know, actually. But a quiver is just a container that people who are archers will use to store their arrows. Like, it's just like a oh, container. that's all it is? Yes. Jeez. So your I quiver, full. That's, that's the whole point. To have as many arrows in your quiver as possible. So when they are ready, and you are ready to launch them out into the world... So that way they can continue the success of whatever field of study you are in. So like they're just descendants of you going into the same type of profession, which is super interesting because I was unaware until I watched this documentary. A lot of these people are like in positions of power, government, business. I was completely oblivious like circle back to the westboro baptist church where they all had to be lawyers or you know? um yeah um which is very much um cult mentality in a lot of the cults that we've looked into i was also gonna say um an asshole thing and say oh i didn't know what a quiver was because i i mean you're supposed to lay a kill down with one you don't need a whole fucking barrel of bolts or whatever <laughs> kind of uh I use a crossbow, so they're bolts. But, um, you know, you only need one. And if you can't do it in one, then you shouldn't be doing it at all. So, I, I, I <laughs> Right. Got... Not skilled enough. Right. But but it's so bizarre to me that, like, the, the documentary really didn't go too far into it as far as the Quiverful movement went. Because, obviously, they're focusing on the sibling story and how it progressed and how... You know, Jacoba was basically the beginning of what they were uncovering. But I don't think they did talk. I they did talk about it a little bit. Okay, so here's the thing: like to let our listeners know. So we had the conversation of I'm trying to. I said to you, I want to find that YouTube video that they posted in the thing where it looked like you know they were at a cult meeting, and you found it, and you're like, oh no, it was literally just a shot of The Handmaid's Tale. It is. See. Right. So that makes me think, no, they only gave you a salty morsel on purpose so that it would kind of intrigue you. Like, maybe we're going right. to scoop some more people in by that. That's cult fucking mentality. Like, I don't oh, yeah. think that they didn't talk about it. Like, I I'm think not they... interested in learning. I, I wasn't interested in learning more until it until the oh, documentary was... linked the two together. Oh, I was interested because I was like, "Ooh, there's more to this. I got to I got to uncover this puzzle, you know? She's like, obsessed. Was... She's obsessed with the cult stuff, yeah. But, like, I don't know. 
I, uh, the more that I looked into it today, like within the last few hours, um, I found some articles like one by the Baptist News Global that talked about the documentary. And this was their exact quote. They said, uh, the Netflix documentary Our Father was a precursor and funded by President Trump to inform and deregulate the overturning of Roe versus Wade by the Supreme Court. Mm. And and that was posted within the last month um, with 30-some uh, clickable links that back up this story. Um, then... If you can get past those clickable links, which I'm going to tell you, it was really hard for me because I had to click almost all of them. <laughs> um, if you scroll down, it talks about how the Baptist church wants no connection with this and they are not involved in this, um, this quiverful movement that like the trying to like revamp it and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, okay. well, that is the first <laughs> positive thing I've read from, um, you know, Midwestern religious standpoint. So good on you, Baptists. I appreciate that. I, I like mm. that you stood your own and said you were not connected with it. I mean, if they think it's wrong, then. And they're pretty, you know, <laughs> cut and dry. Yeah. It's so just, it, the whole fucking like, thing is nutty. However, I did find this. I'm going to tell you one little morsel of this, and then we can go into something else. All right. Because that rabbit hole led me into. I want to look into these Supreme Court justices that overturned that that voted to overturn Roe versus Wade. And are you one funded by Trump? Because I'm fully fucking convinced that he had a part in in this shit. Um, also, two, are you connected to the movement or three? Do you have family members connected to the movement? I went through every single goddamn one and I did find one uh, who was appointed by Trump um, female because I thought it was really fucking weird that any females voted for. I was trying. I was trying to. I'll be honest. I was trying to nail down the one that lives in Indiana, Supreme Court justice, the one that oh. was like the voted. I was like, man, if I could connect you, that would just be icing on the cake. But yeah. unfortunately, I could not. not. So, uh. She's to be determined. I might look into her at another time, but I'm not a super political person, so we'll we'll see when I have time. We'll see about that. Might put that on the however, back burner, <laughs> right? How, however, this one uh, was appointed by Trump, quote unquote, to be the replacement for uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Her name is Amy Coney Barrett. Barrett, B A R E T T. Um, okay. She is a she said she claims herself beyond devout Catholic. And she said she understands that her religion and her uh, thought process was the solid inspiration for Handmaid's Tale. But she is not part of the quiverful movement because she thinks she's more progressive. So she calls them the people of praise. And this was a this was an article that was written two months ago. Oh, wow. Um, Recent. But she did vote to overturn Roe versus Wade because she feels like that children are a gift and we should bring all the gifts to the world. She's trying to rewrite the fucking Quiverful movement and she's funded by Trump and was brought in there. And um, she also thinks that there should be no separation between church and government. So she just seems like a fucking oh, no. party. No, thanks. Um, yes. So that's that's fun. There. It's very it's very intertwined anyway. There's no fighting yeah. it. 
<laughs> so uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, she might be the next one we might want to post her address. Not us as a podcast, but I'm just saying as people in general. Because the rest of the, the justices posted their addresses. <laughs> Don't rope me in with that shit. She also said that she was happy, but also terrified that she was appointed by Trump because now she can't homeschool her kids as much as she would like. And as, uh, um, as we found out when we looked into the uh, quote-unquote counterculture, as they call it, of Quiverful Movement, they all desire to homeschool. It's important right. to them. Yes, it is. So uh, with the, um, the Quiverful Movement, we're going to go back to Klein's, his office. And his office was very religion-art-filled. So like cross-stitches and different you know, um, Bible verses and things like that. So this particular saying, this verse was found on his wall as well, which is Psalms 127. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, sons are born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Or be fruitful and multiply. That was another one. And that was like very hand done, you know, like you could tell it was like a church project. Didn't he and say it was, it was hung like on his the wife wall that worked on those pro- or something like that? I feel like I I, th- I think it may have been. And so those in some instances the women would say, you know, your office kind of makes me feel a little uncomfortable because it's so like this is supposed to be a specialist who is in the medical field that I mean one or two things, oh my family is here, I have a cross or whatever. You're used to seeing no. that. But nope. to have separation so of many... science and religion, science and religion. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now, guys. Come on. But to see so many different like art projects on the wall of these different Bible verses and, and different things of that nature, it was kind of making people feel uncomfortable. And I know that you have some things that you want to talk about as far as astrology goes. And I'm not sure if you want to wait till the end and say it, or if you want to just spill it out and say it right now. I mean, other than I'm going to rip him apart, I my key points of the whole documentary have already been divulged. So that's on you if you have more stuff that you would like to bring to light or talk about. I don't want to say the entire documentary because I could literally talk about the whole thing. It's so fresh in my mind. But I want those of you who just got a taste of what this documentary is about and kind of the deep dive that we did as far as this is concerned. Um, you know, obviously it's on Netflix and it's available right now. It's I'm pretty sure it was trending for a little while. Oh, yeah. But you know, there's just, there's certain things that I've found, like Wikipedia pages about men who fathered the most children, and a lot of the men who reside in the United States were all part of the Church of Latter-day Saints. So, I mean, that's that's a big Mormon church, and they believe in this having as many children as possible to carry on their seed and carry on their last name and all this other stuff. But they also believe we, in true bloodline. Mormons do. I know we haven't talked about Mormons cause Mormons is kind of a, 
not a that's, Midwestern demographic. So right. that's been one we've been trying to like not bring into the avoid. The boat. Yeah. But yeah, but we've been seeing it. You know, this is not the first instance of us seeing something like this on television or on a streaming service. We watched uh, Kids by the Dozen, 19 Kids and Counting, Sister Wives, like all of these shows that... Welcome to Plathville, which um, uh, a I man, found out today yeah. is not even Mormon. It's fucking Quiverful, which interesting to me and and it's been in front of us for a while and we really didn't see it because it was entertainment to us and the, these people live this life but to have somebody do this willingly to multiple women i mean we're talking almost a hundred if not a hundred by now because new that's, siblings keep popping up all the time I mean, that's a that's like a soft number because 94 confirmed cases like a soft number would be 100 cuz I mean you know he clearly was doing this willingly doing this more than that more than that right and now I will say there was multiple attempts to get him charged with some sort of assault sexual misconduct, um, even like uh, medical malpractice, and nothing stated that this was a crime. However... Indiana's archaic as fuck. They're archaic as fuck with their laws. It ended up being that the feds were investigating this case, and they got Dr. Klein on two counts of obstruction of justice because... He lied and said he never used a sample when clearly there's at least X amount of siblings that are filing this fucking lawsuit. So they got him on two felony six charges, which basically is a misdemeanor of obstruction of justice. And he was fined $500 and see ya. You know, there was nothing done. But now... Klein will be ordered to pay a total of $1.35 million in the civil case with the donor siblings. So they did something and they got a settlement, but it's, it's not enough and it will never be enough. So I can, I can segue off that. So mm-hmm. for the fact that it will never be enough for the victims, 3 million percent, it's not going to be enough, but just in the rare fact that they will ever hear this, I hope that what I'm going to bring uh, to you might give you a morsel of peace of mind because, uh, I don't know, um, because the defamation of his character literally internally is going to ruin the fuck out of him, at, at least on the inside. Uh, so he, I'm going to break down his... Uh, astro chart at least some like key points that i saw which were like red flags Mm, also ready before i do him though i'm gonna talk about mary pride that's the one that founded the uh quiverful movement yeah some dumbass bitch thinking that having more kids and anti-feminism first of all fuck off girl fuck off (laughs) like nobody is here for you and i hope that you felt a more i don't even know if you're fucking alive but i i i literally didn't give a shit enough to look up to see if you're still alive but just in case you are um 
this this whole reversal of Roe versus Wade is just a small hiccup. It's just a small hiccup and radical feminism and uh, Ginsburg, we're here for it. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can smile right now, but at the end of the day, your life is fucking soggy ass oatmeal and we will prevail as women and <laughs> soggy ass oatmeal. I mean, I don't know. It it sucks to suck, man. However, <laughs> her whole basically she's human trash, uh, uh, in my opinion. In my opinion, she's human trash. All um, right. Any any woman that doesn't any woman that does not stand up for basic human women rights is a piece of trash. So, old Mary that has no pride. Uh, her entire chart was filled with Virgo and Sagittarius, literal um, half and half. Virgo, Sagittarius, and they were also in the tenth house. So, for those who don't know, the tenth house is your house of like. It, it it's partnerships with business. It's business. It's career. It's everything that has to do. It's led by Capricorn. It's everything that has to do with your longevity in your career, like what mm. your quote unquote life purpose is, career wise. You know what oh, I mean? Like okay, yep, okay, and everything that is entangled into it. All right. So, uh, I mean, why don't you? throw a brief rundown of Sagittarius energy because you're surrounded by it with your family. Just throw a couple of key points out there. Just uh Oh boy. Um very um uh, act and then think about what you did. Perfect. <laughs> um very particular. Right. Okay. So fire energy. Very like very whether- just spicy. Spicy personality. Spicy. I love that word. Yes. Spicy. Okay. <laughs> so very act before you think and very spicy. Is. That is the, the perfect way. Okay. And then also she has um, the other half is Virgo. So Virgo energy is everything has to be perfect. They're very pretentious. Everything is if it is not a certain way to what they deem as the right way, it will literally mentally fuck them up like psychologically so bad to where to where they'll go psychotically on the outside like Hmm. virgos are it's my heart almost breaks for them because they are have to be so pristine and perfect and everything has to be a certain way to where if it's not it drives them absolutely mad bonkers okay so imagine imagine that anxiety along with acting and then thinking about it later okay so (laughs) so that's her that's her whole thing like literally all that and it also um there's like that need for like perfectionism there is underlying anger and action and fire energy which means like spicy right now um all those planets all are all those uh things also live in her 10th house which is her work so her work is like her demise really i mean it's her like passion and her demise and it's probably going to kill her and here on oh, you mary wow. we're, we're going to salute to your uh your resting place we're, we're hoping that you eventually don't have all that anxiety going on in your head we'll, we'll drink That's one for rough. you we'll drink so one klein so klein let's talk about him also 10th um, house okay also 10th house. I, I have method to my madness, the reason why I went so deep into some things. 
Um, so I looked into him to try and find his big three, you know, his big hitters. And then I was going to look into his Mars sign, which is how he acts aggressively. And then his Venus sign. So what his heart really says, how he loves and like, whether it's beneficial or not, Mm, but then, so he's a Capricorn sun, um, which uh, these, I'm going to start with his 10th house. We're going to break down his 10th house, which is careers, which I already talked about. So his Scorpio Venus, which um, let me, okay, I'm Scorpio dominant, but I don't have a Scorpio Venus. So let me just tell you a Scorpio Venus. They are the ones that when they're emotionally hurt, they're going to stalk you and slit your tires. Um, oh, it, good. It, it's very much an obsession. It's very much a such a passionate obsession that they don't know how to act. So they act recklessly in getting out this obsession when things don't go their way. Okay. Oh, okay. So uh, the keywords that I found, uh, obsession, interest in science, ding, 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 um, <laughs> ding, 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 professional success, obsession with that, like, like diehard obsession with professional success. So that he was like renowned. He was in like medical yes. magazines and stuff. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So that's just laying in his 10th house. So that's just like making his 10th house that okay so when a planet lies in your house that planet accentuates the powers of that house so Mm. we're talking about 10th house house of career house of career house of like stability all that so all those little morsels are just making that 10th house rise okay so second uranus and gemini in the 10th so uranus and gemini is all about innovation discovery of new technologies techniques it's uh science it is blasting through social norms in in his area of work i feel like that also is a ding ding yes yeah so look up some of those magazine articles about him like his i think it was like fertility expert explores new ways for infertility success I would honestly love to see something that he wrote. Not that he oh, like, like a paper. Not that he ghostwritten, but I want to see like I want to see like your dissertation, sir. I want to see how eloquent you are at writing about your passions because that is interesting to me. I want yeah. I want to see I want to see your mental fuck up on paper. Let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me read it. Anyways, um So his Capricorn son obviously is in his 10th house also. So when Hmm. your, when your sun sign is in your 10th house that, okay, your sun sign for astrology is what you strive to be. Everybody thinks like, oh, I'm just this, I'm this. Ha ha ha. No, you're not. It's what you strive to be. It's what you think in your head or your entire being is your most perfect self. So everything else in your chart can fuck that up for you. It's all about a process of like learning and growing and deciding, you know, and be ascending to essentially your perfect self, but like fresh out the gate, you're not. So clearly when, so like when your, your sun sign is in a certain house, like whether you're evolved or not in your like traits, you're going to obsess over this. So he's going to obsess over his work and being a Capricorn in the 10th house, which is the 10th house ruler, work is life. Life is work. That's it. That's all he cares about. That's it. Like that, like full, full send, full send. 
with that. Well, full um, send. Yes, that's that's so, the terminology kids are using these days. Yeah. So, um, like a a few words like professionalism lacks. He lacks professionalism as long as it uh, applies to him moving up the corporate ladder, basically, in my own terms. Um, however, when your cap son is in your 10th house, which is in the house owner, that also releases karmic situations. So not necessarily karmic gifts. It could be karmic, like, lessons that you have to learn or karmic, like, shit you got to work through, like past life things. So right. that that could either be good or it could be bad, you know. But either way, you can't fucking get over it. You're stuck with it. That's what it is. And that is where the the term, what did we talk about? Pious deeds, P- pi- right? Pious deeds? Yes, yes. And devotion was, oh, devoutly religious was the terminology you used um, on that. So he has karmic ties in devout religion. Interesting Ooh, for the cult That is thing. interesting for the cult um, thing. Also, he has obsession with personal fame, personal recognition, personal status amongst colleagues, um, self-prestige, and he also is his own downfall. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. All that these is things. so him. And what's even crazier is he talked to Jacoba on the phone multiple times, and he said... If you take this public, it will ruin me. That's his literal quote. It will yeah. ruin my marriage. It will end me. Yep. And she said, how do you think the rest of us feel? Right. And you he, know, couldn't, we've, he couldn't even comprehend with what she was asking him. Like he, he, he Because just, he didn't give a shit. Which is why I'm, I'm breaking this down for those victims who did not get any justice by what he went through. I just want you to let, like, want to let you know a little morsel of his internal flames that are burning the fuck out of his entire sanity, which is fantastic. It ain't great, but it's something, you know? At least it's something. It tells Um, a little story, at least. Damn. Right. So that conversation that Jacoba went through, it means more than what, we all knew, like, not knowing about this, I guess. You know? Right. Like, and so. I'm just, I'm so happy that this came out. And good for 23 and Me. I mean, obviously, they do not share your information. They don't share your DNA. Like, even even today, Ancest- Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com. Yes, it does. I think it, you get an I option. think it does. I, but you get the option. They don't automatically do it, which I, that would. I gave the option because I was like, you know, I'm not trying to serial kill anybody anytime soon. So <laughs> you, anytime you, soon. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's really cool how they do it because, I mean, at least I went through. Anis- Actually, this documentary was what made me do, do my this? ancestry. Yeah, mm. because um, like tiny like backstory. Um, I was told my entire life I was 100% German. I was pure blood, both both sides. Um, and my younger brother, who we have the same parents, uh, him and his wife did Ancestry a few years back, just as like a fun thing to do. You know, they had a, a special whatever. And he found things in his Ancestry that was like not what our parents told us. And we're like, okay, Aww. well, what the fuck is this? So then I read an article <laughs> that said that... Um, 
you know, I mean, well, I mean, just to throw my own shit out here. So I have two kids. I have, uh, they have two different fathers and my oldest is his father is Irish. And then my daughter's, uh, sperm donor is Italian. So in my family growing up, I was told that I muddied the bloodline because oh. I was brought from a pure German bloodline. So that's why it was kind of like, oh, well, you told us this literally whole life. So I want to see if y'all are lying. Come to find out I'm German and Greek. So they really got some some splaining to do, Lucy. They got some splaining to do. <laughs> but, but your ass. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's stuff like this that like that's so cool that we have that type of technology, that type of science that's going on, you know, to not can, only give us like our own life path, but also start opening the gates of righting wrongs that happened, you know, and right. And there's there's lots of pluses in it. Yeah, there is. I did have one more thing on here for his chart. Um, Uh-oh. So uh, he has a Gemini moon, which uh, your moon is what shows your like inward emotions that you don't let everybody else see. It's kind of mm. your like internal fuck up that you only talk about when you're real wasted and like blurred out <laughs> and make, make an ass of yourself. Yay. Um, I've been there a lot of times. Same, Jeez. same. Yikes. So, so that falls in his second house. And he was blessed with good results and high procession in procreation. He has. Oh, yes. He will find a lot of fruitful things in procreation. Um, He will also find his own personal security and emotional attachment and strength and satisfaction and and. Um, also sexual satisfaction in procreation. That's where I was like, got him, got him, bitch. Like she was on the phone with me, literally gasping at every single thing she found. She's like, Oh my God, I can't wait to say this. Oh my God. That makes so much sense. I'm like, Oh girl, you better tell me all this. So the one placement that I did want to look up, that's kind of like a key factor is his Mars placement because Mars is it kind of tells you how you express your anger, how you express your passion, how you express. I mean, you can connect to like sexual things, all that stuff, like sex, passion, whatever. It, it, it's just how you project yourself in that way. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a Leo Mars. So Leos are very showboaty. They're very much like, look at me, look at me. So his placement of that was also in the 10th house. House of Careers. Um, And the key points that I found were that he is eager to entertain and charismatically likes to speak and intertwine his words with feelings and actions. He's a fucking liar. Fucking liar. And he loves every minute of it. Ah, You guys have to watch this documentary. I'm telling you, it's wild. And it's... Now... If you heard the the astrological breakdown of this man, and then you go watch this, you're going to be like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. It's so true. So true. It's, um, man, I don't know. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough for everyone. And I 
learn some new things, some new things I wish I could unlearn, but sadly that's not possible. Maybe with enough devil's lettuce it might be possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure, but... Maybe. Y- you know, we we wanted to do a little documentary breakdown, if you will, because obviously this guy's in the Midwest, and so are almost all of his children. So, yeah. Always remember the code of the Midwest, because we always leave you with the code of the Midwest. Duh. It's kind of our thing. Don't go to Susie's fertility doctor from Sewing Circle. Make sure to lock your doors. Astrology is really fucking real. And we'll see you next Tuesday.